You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. Welcome to another episode, my lovely friends. I am so happy that you're joining me today. It is almost Thanksgiving, and I can't believe that it's already almost here. Uh, Once it's Thanksgiving, it's basically going to be Christmas, and then it's going to be winter, and I'm going to be very sad. (laughs) We are already contemplating our trip to Florida or somewhere warm because I can just not take the cold. I just cannot take it. I am really excited, though, that the leaves here in Charleston are finally turning. It took you know, months for fall to actually look like fall here. Um, But that's typical in the South, I suppose. And certainly for us here in Charleston, if you are someone who lives in a more Northern region, then you have probably been enjoying the look of fall for a while, but we don't really get that here. So, I mean, no wonder I'm not going to like fall if it doesn't even, you know, I don't even get to enjoy whatever fall is because our seasons are super short. We really only have kind of two seasons. Um, But yeah, so it's almost Thanksgiving. I am excited that this is going to be my fourth Thanksgiving, as I would say. (laughs) It's my fourth fourth holiday being plant-based. And I think that it was, you know, one of the greatest things that ever, that I ever did, honestly, for my health and also for my, for my mind. So today's episode is about the mind in general, not necessarily the plant-based mind, but just the power of our mind in healing our body and and healing our spirit. So this was a big component of my healing journey. And I did an episode a while back on my autoimmune disease that I had and how I healed it. So I thought that I would touch on that again for anyone who is dealing with an autoimmune disease or illness of any kind, or maybe you know someone, or maybe you don't have necessarily an illness, but obviously the power of the mind is still important for all of us, whether you have some type of ailment or not. Uh, It is a good tool to have and just recognizing the impact that it has on our bodies. So, you know, nutrition absolutely is a vital component of healing. Absolutely. It gives our bodies the tools that it needs to repair. However, the mind could arguably be uh, the most important piece of the puzzle. And like I said, I know this firsthand because when I was healing my autoimmune disease, ulcerative colitis, I got obsessed with nutrition in almost an unhealthy fashion. And I think Some of us can relate to that or have had that experience. And this could go along with dieting as well. I know that sometimes people can get really obsessed with whether they're eating the right things or not. And that has a name. I believe it is called orthorexia. So that condition uh, is characterized as obsessive behavior in the pursuit of a healthy diet. So you're constantly obsessing over whether you have eaten the right things or whether you ate something bad, then you're feeling super anxious about or depressed about what you ate. So, you know, that can obviously go both ways of being obsessed. Um, but yeah, so for me, I did kind of get to that point and like I said, I'm not saying that nutrition isn't important because I think it's the pillars. It's, it's it's absolutely vital because it gives our bodies the tools it needs to truly repair and heal. But for me, I had overlooked the mental aspect of healing. Um, and, and I'm not including, I'm not talking about just like stress, but I mean, obviously that is a huge, 
huge component and uh, really can tip off illness for sure. And I think that in my case, it did. But I am talking about just our thought patterns and, you know, the thoughts that are coming in our mind and what we're telling ourselves, right? So ultimately, what we are telling our mind, we're telling our body. So for me at that time when I was healing, I was obsessed with nutrition. I was obsessed with what I was eating. And then I was also fixated on these negative thoughts of that I was never going to heal. And I would wake up in the morning. I didn't want to wake up really because I was afraid that I was going to have pain the rest of the day, right? Or that I was going to have symptoms. So I was already waking up in the morning fixating on these possible symptoms to happen, even though they hadn't even happened yet. So this was obviously a big issue. And I was not, I was slightly aware that they were happening, but I didn't really understand the impact of it. So people often talk about the power of the mind, but we really don't understand it at all, right? We've barely hit the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the power of the mind. And it is a very difficult thing to study scientifically uh, in a lab or in trials and things like that. Although they have been able to, you know, you can do different tests and, and see where the brain lights up in certain areas and whatnot. And I will get to that in a, in a second because they have done some studies, but it is more difficult, right? So I'd love to talk about a few people who are big uh, representatives of the power of the mind. The first is Wim Hof. Have you ever heard of Wim Hof? So this guy is from the Netherlands and his name is spelled W-I-M and then last name Hof, H-O-F. He is dubbed the Iceman and he is uh, an extreme athlete noted for his ability to withstand freezing temperatures. He has set Guinness Book World Records for swimming under the ice for pro- and prolonged uh, full body contact with the ice gone barefoot marathons, half marathons in the ice and snow. And the crazy thing about all this is that when he is doing this, his body temperature does not change. He can literally jump into freezing ice cold water and his body temperature does not change. And this is because he is controlling his body temperature with his mind. So he has a method of which is it involves uh like meditation breathing exercise so there's like a whole system of things that he does and he actually like teaches these to people he has students but I think that his work has really been a huge uh example you know of the true power of the mind and kind of you know propelling this kind of movement and exposing that because I mean what it's insane right that's crazy. I I would love to be able to do that because <laughs> I am usually really cold. Although, however, I've been a lot better lately with that. And I think my circulation is getting better. But also, it is a mind thing. I already am set up in my mind that I hate the cold and I'm, that I'm going to be cold. So if I go somewhere and in my mind, I look at the temperature and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 32 degrees. I'm going to be freezing. Well, then I'm already telling myself that I'm going to be freezing, right? Which obviously I could learn from Wim Hof and just not think about it, right? So another really uh, profound thing that he did with some of his students, so like I said, he teaches his technique to others, is 
that they were studied in a medical research facility. They went in, him and his students, and they were injected with some different bacteria or virus. And then they were monitored and they were able, through this technique, to fight off, to boost their immune system response and their sympathetic nervous system and literally kill the bacteria or the virus. Like, so that was pretty profound. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, just the, the science behind consciously controlling your immune system could be huge for the future, I think. And, you know, possibly teaching this technique. However, of course, there's not going to be much money in it. So I don't know how much you would think that there would be tons of funding and this study would be like on national news everywhere, which it has been to some degree. But you would think there would be more of that, right? Um, on his website, it says um, that both the autonomic nervous system and innate immune system were regarded as systems that cannot be voluntary influenced. The present study demonstrates that through practicing techniques learned in a short-term training program, the sympathetic nervous system and immune system can indeed be voluntarily influenced. And that was from the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. So his website has a lot of good information, um, different videos. It looks like you can actually do a course with him through video. Oh, my gosh. And and then there's a picture of him literally sitting in his bathing suit in the middle of, I mean, it looks like the Arctic, you know, <laughs> Antarctica, whatever, frozen place. It's all ice and, and he doesn't look cold at all. No goosebumps, no nothing. I definitely need to learn this technique. So that is certainly uh, a case that should not be overlooked and an example of the power of the mind. And some other things that, you know, really got me thinking about this were several books that I've read. Uh, One is by Dr. Andrew Weil. It's called Spontaneous Healing. It is one of his bestsellers, I think he has written, oh gosh, dozens of books. And it's kind of the, I don't know, grandfather or father of integrative medicine, at least of this generation, I feel like. Uh, and his book, Spontaneous Healing, goes over all kinds of different um, studies and then also cases that he has seen personally because as when he was practice a practicing physician of people spontaneously healing and I mean from any type of any type of thing possible um cancer uh autoimmune diseases just anything that you can imagine is is pretty much addressed in the book and then at the end he does give some really good suggestions on how to be able to boost your own healing in your in your mind so that is a book that that definitely changed shifted my thought pattern of this impact which I had never thought of before and the other one is from the book called mind over medicine scientific proof that you can heal yourself by Lisa Rankin MD and this was also kind of similar uh, approach to Andrew Wiles, a little different though, and it's a newer it's a newer book. Andrew Wiles has been out several decades. Um, her book also chronicles 
different stories of people healing, but hers came from a place of illness on her own. She was overworked. She was stressed out. She was not well and could not get answers of why she wasn't well. And, um, she talks about other patients who had illnesses and whatnot and, and different things that they did, that they changed either their thought pattern or their lifestyles and things like this. Um, that helped them heal. So she also at the end gives some really good suggestions on ways to help encourage this, whether it's, you know, through meditation. Um, I mean, she gives a lot of different examples and part of those suggestions seem to me now that I'm thinking about it are very similar to the blue zones, which I had already talked about that in a past episode. And, different things that people in the blue zones do that boost their health. Now, obviously, if you were really trying to heal something specific, I would encourage you to take that a step further in your approach and your mindfulness and just being more intense about your thought patterns. So I'm not saying you can just just say like, oh, go out with your loved ones and you'll heal. I mean, there's way more to it than just that. But but those things cannot be overlooked, I think, that if you are feeling lonely, I mean, lonely is loneliness is definitely the uh, main culprit of disease and illness and just death, right? I mean, you hear about it, like people, you know, you're like, oh, they died of loneliness. Like that is a real thing. <laughs> I mean, and that's with animals too, right? You always hear about these sad stories of these animals in a zoo and then their one companion dies and then they die because they're so lonely. And it's like, oh my gosh is just tragic, right? Okay, so back to what I was talking about. Um <laughs> the those are two books that I would I would definitely recommend and in one of those books it also talks about I think it was Mind Over Medicine. It talks about the nocebo effect. So you've probably heard of the placebo effect, right? That is when there are different uh you know, they're doing a trial and they have they give one set of patients a pharmaceutical drug and then they give the other set uh the other control group they give them a sugar pill but they of course don't tell them that it's a sugar pill and the placebo effect would be that you know a percentage of those patients actually heal so was it the placebo effect did they believe they believed that they were taking this drug that was going to heal you know x y and z illness or whatnot, and then it actually happens. So they're actually changing biologically the effect of their body, their brain, of the of the brain and the body, right? So um, this can be seen when when a when a placebo painkiller is taken, it can trigger the release of endorphins in the brain, which are actual pain relieving chemicals, which is what happens when you actually take a pain pill, right? So you can actually tell your body to do this. This is just like huge, right? But the nocebo effect is the idea that you can cause symptoms. So this was really huge for me when I was trying to change my thought pattern. And basically what it was saying is, okay, so you have the placebo effect, right? So you have the nocebo effect. Let's say you have a trial going and you tell the patients, you know, this is a drug you're taking and it's possible that you could have these side effects. You could have nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, XYZ, whatever the side effects might be, right? And then what happens? 
the patients have those side effects. That is a nocebo effect. They got the sugar pill. They didn't get anything, right? They literally just got a little sugar pill. There's no drug in it. There's nothing. But then they still had the side effects that they were told were possible. So that's a nocebo effect. This is kind of like, you know, um, me going back to, to my thing and waking up in the morning already anticipating having pain. Was I telling my body to have pain? Was I telling my body to still be sick? I don't know. I mean, there's obviously something to it because I was able to heal <laughs> when I changed all of those thoughts. Now, of course, I'm not saying don't ever take any medicine or ever take any pharmaceuticals. There's absolutely a time and a place for that for sure. But I'm saying, as always, it isn't going to fix the problem, right? It isn't going to get to the root cause as to why something happened. And I feel like, isn't that one of the foundations of being a human and like asking why and being, you know, curious and inquisitive? Um, I mean, this is why we've gotten to where we are today, asking why, exploring, discovering, uncovering, rather than just saying how, you know, how can we make these symptoms go away? But why do they even occur? But, but how, yes. Okay. If we're talking about how, then with the mind, how can we make them go away? Maybe not with the drug, but maybe we need to shift our thought patterns, right? So like I said, for me personally, this was a big piece of my puzzle, the last part of it. And this is why I include it in my wellness coaching. It's a big part of it. And, you know, I really had to tell my body what to do rather than the other way around. And this can go along you know, there are different methods of this, right? Meditation is big. I can't say physically, I mean, I have not been meditating recently very much. So, but when I had been in the past, I definitely saw a huge shift. And when I was healing, I was meditating more. I am technically healed now, but you know, but this is always a journey. I'm never, I'm, I'm always working and striving, right? So don't ever think, I think this is the problem with like dieting is, you know, that we in our minds think that we're going to get to some magical place and then we can just go back to our old lifestyle. Like the way I live now is a lifestyle and I'm constantly, I'm constantly, it's like maintenance. You have to take care of your car, right? You have to keep, keep giving, getting oil changes. You have to do this. You have to be good to it. You don't want to drive it like a mad person, right? Although some people do, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and their car might not last as long, right? So you want to take care of your body and, and, and really make it something that is a lifestyle rather than, uh, you know, just a one shot thing. But, and this goes the same with the mind. So that's not to say that there's not going to be times in your life that are nutso and crazy and you're not focusing on the mind aspect, but I think that just being aware of it is really helpful. So Definitely meditation can be a really huge tool for healing. I think the positive affirmations are really important. So this would be, this is definitely um, thinking positive thoughts about your body and writing them down, I think, solidifies them even more into your subconscious. So uh, we're going to talk about this on a later podcast with a guest that I just recorded recently with, but the subconscious mind controls 95% of your conscious thoughts. So pretty much everything you're doing during the day comes from somewhere in your subconscious and why you do them, right? It's from either experiences you've had or thought patterns and conditioning that you've had. And so this could go along with illness as well. You know, you could be con conditioned to think certain things. And I mean, in my 
in my situation, I really think I had been conditioned over several years of being sick to thinking that was just the way it was going to be. But remember, it doesn't have to be this way. Nothing is set in stone and everything is changing and your body can too. And your body wants to heal. I mean, I can never, ever overstate that, that the body wants to be healed and it wants to be in a state of homeostasis. That is our natural state to be healthy. It's just naturally what we're, what we're supposed to be, right? And when it's imbalanced, it's a cry for help and it doesn't mean that it can't go back. So I think never forgetting that and never forgetting that you're not whatever diagnosis you have, whatever it is. I don't care what it is, you know. Um, genetic things are a little bit different, but if, if it's something that you think genetically runs in your family, that is actually a disease of affluence. So let's say cancer, heart disease, those things that can absolutely be a lifestyle thing. You might be predisposed to it because genetics are account for around 10 or 12% of what happens to you, right? That's not very much. So the rest is all in your control. And you can turn these things on and off. And you can turn them on and off with your mind. You can turn them on. But but that also doesn't mean that you, that we should just, you know, not worry about nutrition or other things. I mean, this is, it's a full kind of package, I think. And it's, like I say, it's kind of your toolbox, right? So you have all these different things in your toolbox. For me, And what I encourage for any of my clients and things like that. So nutrition is in your toolbox. That is absolutely one of the biggest things that you can have. And that can help balance your body. Other things that can be in your toolbox might be exercise, working out, yoga, meditation. Certainly your mindset is a powerful tool that is in there. So being aware of that, being aware of your thoughts, being aware of your thought patterns, being aware of what you're telling yourself, your negative thoughts, because we all know there is a little tiny demon. (laughs) I call him a little tiny demon who lives in our brains and can say the meanest things, right? And like I said, your subconscious doesn't know the difference. So if you're telling yourself that, oh, I'm stupid. I can't believe I did that. Or, oh, I'm so fat. I'm so ugly. Like your subconscious believes it. So then it becomes this vicious repetitive cycle, you know? So this is where changing those thoughts and then changing what you're telling your subconscious can totally shift everything in your life. Absolutely. So let's go back to the exercise component of our toolbox because that is what I would like to chat about next. The power of movement, exercise, getting the body moving, getting the lymph system moving, the blood moving. And I've touched on on that probably in the past and and really the importance of, you know, endorphins, I think. I talked about that with the, um, the placebo effect and triggering, you know, the release of endorphins in the brain, which, you know, are actually the pain relieving chemicals. So... I'm sure you've heard that before, that when you exercise, you relieve endorphins. I always think of the movie Legally Blonde. (laughs) He says, exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. They just don't. Well, that's kind of true, I guess, right? Uh, 
So endorphins are a huge thing. And and exercising, of course, helps release the endorphins. So that's going to have a profound effect on your health and your well-being and your body. And not just your mental state, but also your physical state. So moving, walking outside, I mean, it really doesn't have to be very rigorous. And I think that some of these intense workouts that are out right now, and if you do them, that's great. I just would be very cautious about how often you do them. So any kind of regular high intensity interval training or HIIT, H-I-I-T, you know, this is an explosion of quick paced exercises, can have detrimental effects on your physical body, you know, your joints, your um, bones, that kind of thing, long-term, not necessarily the greatest thing, but also it causes your body to go into a fight or flight mode. So this is turning on your sympathetic nervous system. You're going to be releasing a lot of stress hormones. So cortisol being a, a big one, adrenaline. And long term, I just, I, I don't think there's enough really good evidence of that being a good thing. I think there's probably more evidence right now showing that it could be bad for you, especially if you do it often. This can cause possibly some adrenal fatigue issues. So you're going to really work your adrenals. Um, and yeah, back to that cortisol. I mean, you know, your body is only able to register small amounts of cortisol. So, you know, if you're doing high intensity workouts every day, then your cortisol levels could potentially stay, stay spiked. And this could lead to fatigue, um, increased inflammation, digestive problems, burnout, and like I said, adrenal problems, which goes along with the fatigue one and, you know, a whole other host of issues. So I don't think that high intensity training is really, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, my chiropractor certainly isn't either. And she, uh, could definitely talk to you about that, about just the wear and tear on your body and your spine and, and your joints and things like that. And then physically, yeah, and mentally, I don't think that it's it's going to be a good thing. But that being said, exercise is a huge, huge component of being healthy. So like I was talking about, you know, releasing the endorphins. So I just think getting outside and walking, I know it's about to be cold and it's about to be winter. So that's going to be a little bit more challenging of finding time or wanting to go outside. But if it is a sunny day, you know, just bundle up. I need to tell myself to do this, right? Bundle up, Rebecca, and go outside. And obviously it's in your head. I'm just kidding. Um, but those are big things. Of course, you know, I am a huge advocate for yoga. And I think that that for the mental aspect, not just for the physical, can be extremely healing. And some other things that I like to do are rebounding. I have touched on this maybe a little bit. Actually, have I? I don't know. Rebounding is one of my favorite things in the whole world, and I don't do it as often as I should, but it is something that was part of my toolbox when I was healing my body, and I still do it now. So rebounding is essentially jumping on a trampoline, okay? <laughs> it's just a more fun word. Um, so rebounding is something that NASA actually 
in the 1980s coined, I guess, that term and started studying the benefits of it. So what was happening is that astronauts were coming back to Earth and they were losing as much as 15% of their muscle and bone mass in just 14 days. So in just 14 days of being out in space, that's how much they would lose, 15%. So imagine if you were out even longer than that. Oh my gosh. So NASA was trying to come up with an effective way for the astronauts to get fit and to regain that bone density and that would be low impact and super effective. So what they came up with was rebounding, was jumping on a trampoline, which as a kid was the most fun thing ever. We had a trampoline growing up. I remember the day we got it. I was like five or six and this is totally off subject, but well, sort of. And I remember my dad telling us that we had to go upstairs and we had, we couldn't look because I guess they were going to set it up. Well, of course we went and looked. We went to my window, which was facing the backyard. And I just remember peeping, peering over the window edge and like watching them. And my brother and I were so excited. So it might sound weird to jump on a trampoline because in our minds, we just think that it's what kids do. But it is super healthy. So those kids who are out jumping on trampolines, they are being super healthy, y'all. They are boosting their lymphatic system, which improves our immune system function. They're improving cardiovascular health. It is easy on the joints and can actually boost your synovial fluid. So this is something that is really good for all ages, but especially people who are getting a little bit older uh, in their years. And that is going to, over time, it's going to decrease with age. So if you can boost that naturally by just jumping on a trampoline, why not? So it can also help with your balance. It can improve your digestion. It increases your skeletal bone mass and reverses osteo. So osteoporosis. I was about to say osteoporosis. What? That's not a word. And obviously it's a stress reliever because it's super fun. I got my little mini trampoline from Amazon. And again, I cannot tell you how much fun it is. It's really fun. You put on some fun music and you just get moving and that just gets your blood moving. I think that it's really good for in the winter then too. You know, if you, so let's say you don't want to go outside and I mean, I don't have space for, I don't know, I don't have space for all these contraptions, right? But I have space for a little trampoline. I just fit it in a closet. It's super easy and convenient. So that is something I am a huge proponent of. So 10 to 15 minutes apparently is the equivalent of a 30-minute jog. So I wish more people would rebound (laughs) and jump on trampolines. And I wish there was like a rebounding class. I've fantasized about having... Uh, a fitness studio or something one day and having rebounding classes. Wouldn't that be so much fun? I would love that. I would totally go to those classes. The trampolines, I guess, would take up a lot of space if you had a bunch of them. But people have Pilates classes and those Pilates machines are huge. So there you have it. I think that just getting out and moving can be part of your healing tool that you might have needed You know, back to when I was healing, I remember I went to an acupuncturist. He was a traditional Chinese medicine uh, guy, and he actually looked at me, and he knew that I was anemic. Isn't that funny? No doctor, after doing blood work, could tell me that I was anemic, could could come out and tell me that I was anemic. All they just said was I needed to take an iron pill, but then this guy just looked at me and was and said that I was anemic um but he also told me that I needed to move my body and I needed to to get the blood moving and I did and because I wasn't at that time I mean I was also very 
you know, I was very sick and I was not moving. I was just, I wasn't getting out. I didn't feel well, right? I mean, so that's kind of, it can be difficult and kind of tricky situation when, let's say, you are sick and you just don't feel like it, right? But the thing is, if you can just do a little bit of movement, it can have a profound effect, right? Even just five minutes, 10 minutes, I don't know, just walk around somewhere. Just when you're not feeling well and you're just laying on the couch, right? You're laying in bed. It's just going to exacerbate the problem even further. So power of the mind, positive thoughts, change, shift your, your thought patterns. You know, as far as the healing goes for your mind, I really believe in telling your body that you're healed. I do. I mean, it sounds weird at first, but you tell your body that. You also can visualize your body as healed. And I did that. I did visualizations. I visualized my insides clean and clear and healthy. And my therapist had actually gotten me into that. And then I did more research on the power of visualizations and me being a visual person, I'm an artist, so it did come pretty naturally for me. But I think a lot of us, most people are pretty visual, so it it probably will come naturally for you too. So visualize whatever it is, whatever it is you want your insides to be, <laughs> you know, or whatever, visualize whatever you life you want your life to be, you know. I think those can really have an extreme impact. No, no, it's not going to be overnight. Nothing is. But I think that our society needs to get over this kind of thought of instant right now, right now, right now. Social media kind of messes that up. And Amazon, <laughs> you order something and it's here in two, two days. That's not natural and not normal. And I remember the exciting, the excitement that you would have if you ordered anything online and it would be there in a week or something. And let's say you kind of forgot that you had ordered it for a second, you know, because you ordered it a week ago and then it finally comes and you're so excited. And now, oh man, instant gratification. So those were kind of the main things that I wanted to talk about today. I had had them on my mind and I really wanted to kind of get it out there in the world and possibly, you know, maybe it's going to help you or somebody you know, or just, you know, learning something new, learn about Wim Hof. So cool. Uh, And then some other things that have been happening in the news lately, uh, some random things. In Australia, they are having some extreme bushfires that are larger than any bushfires they've ever had. Uh, A lot, hundreds of koalas have died. I just watched a video of one who had just passed away. His name was Lewis, and he had been rescued, and it was a video that went viral and it was very sad. This lady had literally saved him with the shirt off of her back and, you know, somebody had videoed it and then they gave him water afterwards. And, you know, when he was sitting on the side of the road and, oh gosh, his cute little cries, but he did succumb, succumb to his burns, but it just breaks my heart. You know, I mean, every, every time you turn on the, the news, or well, I don't turn on the news because I don't have cable. But every time I go on social media or, or look at anything on the internet, it's all these just horrible things happening all over the world and to all these creatures and humans and, you know, animals. And, you know, going back to the mind part, you know, it, it does get a little tricky when you are 
seeing all this negative stuff all over, right? And so it's hard to say, oh, just think positive thoughts. I get that because I spiral down all the time with these negative things. I am an empath. I can empathize with pretty much any creature. I can empathize with the planet. I can empathize with anything. I can empathize with a tree. I mean, I anything that is living on this earth, I can empathize with it pretty much, you know. So watching all of this does affect me a lot. But at the end of the day, I just am happy that and holding on to the fact that there are uh, there are people out there helping, right? You know, and I, Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, who I absolutely love and I'm looking forward to the movie that's out with him. Tom Hanks is playing Mr. Rogers. I think it's out now. Uh, he was quoted saying that when he was a boy and he would see scary things on the news, his mother would say, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And I guess that's what you just kind of have to fixate on, right? And then you also have to try to be a helper. So don't expect everybody else to to help. I mean, let's hope that they do. But you can make an impact too, right? And you can be a beacon of light and hope. And you are. I mean, I think listening to podcasts that are about love and hope and compassion and things like that just shows that there is a community of those out there who care and who are wanting to help and willing to help. So I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you and your compassionate self and your open mind and just being a beacon of light in in whatever way that is, you know. So thank you as always for tuning in and listening, for liking, sharing, subscribing, all those fun things that I always say. (laughs) Uh, A few announcements are that I have going on uh, Wellness Week. So you know how people have like Cyber Monday and Black Friday and all these things? Well, I am doing a Wellness Week. So for December, going from December 2nd to December 6th, I am giving 20% off for my 12-week wellness program. So if you or anybody you know is wanting to transform their lives or learn more about plant-based nutrition, uh, please let me know. Shoot me an email or look out for the information on that through my website and social media. It will be a 12-week program. My, my wellness program is a 12-week program. <laughs> and that entails uh, a very in-depth health survey that I do. And then we review that together. Then we formulate a plan that is specified and personalized to eat in each individual, depending on what your goals are. And then we come up with weekly guides for each week. We have Uh, weekly check-in appointments to see how you're doing, how you're feeling. And this is really a mind, body, spirit approach. I, there's a lot of programs out there that are just kind of the food aspect, but as you probably learned from this, I am all about the whole person. So this is looking at where your thoughts are. You know, what are you thinking about? (laughs) Um, What are you telling yourself? What are you doing every day? What is your exercise routine? What are your relationships like? You know, what is your family like? What is your stress level? These are all things that need to be looked at to really kind of formulate a healthy lifestyle that's going to be sustainable for you and healthy for you. So let me know if that's something that interests you or you could also, um, you know, share it with your loved ones if they are interested. You can also uh, 
follow me on Instagram if you're not already at The Refined Hippie and check out my website, therefinedhippie.com. You can sign up for my newsletter. I send out a newsletter pretty much once a month and sometimes twice a month, but most of them are secret recipes that I only send out to my newsletter subscribers. So make sure you do that. And thank you again, my lovely friends. Until next time, peace and plants. Peace and plants.